Welcome back to Podcast 1313. I'm Dave, and I'm here with the caretaker of the Circadian Forest, Spork. Hello. So we did a Galaxy of Fear number eight, The Swarm, this time around. And as I already told you before, Spark, off podcast, I think this is, I can actually, I can definitively say now that I've finished it, this is my favorite of the Galaxy of Fear books so far. Yeah, I can see them. They did a really good, he did a really good job of uh, condensing the story and making it really interesting. Mm-hmm. The pace was good. The character dynamics were good. The planet was interesting. No one was doing it. Yeah, that's a big thing there. <laughs> Thrawn actually felt like himself. Yeah, he didn't feel like some, yeah. Some, some fucking monster or some shit. Some random cornball. But he yeah, also wasn't like the main villain of the story either. He was just an element of it. Yeah. It's funny, uh, like he, he was a part of the group for like the longest time, funny enough. Yeah, I mean, he was just wrapped up in the whole drama of the story along with everyone else. And Hool, Hool yeah. was did something really useful at one point with his fucking shape-shifting. He didn't job or do any dumb shit. Yeah. It's a rare book. That's what makes this book so so good compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do not know, dear listener, wherever the hell you're listening to this from, this book, The Swarm, uh, the basic setup for it is the crew of the Shroud are still looking for some place to hide from the Empire, but they stop over at this one planet, Skur, because at one point, uh, who will heard about the Skur here, since he's an anthropologist, and he learned that the Empire is going to be setting up the base there, so knowing what the Empire does, he wants to basically document their culture before they get fucking wiped out or tarnished by the Empire. And the Skur people themselves are like fucking insectoids. I just imagine giant praying mantises, TBH. I think that's how they described them. Yeah, I just yeah, I just I just picture like just typical like book people pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they got a whole thing here with these special gardens that they maintain. There's a very delicate balance they have here with the uh, ecosystem and wildlife because they have these two creatures on here, these shreves, which are like these flying. I guess how do they describe them? I just imagine like pterodactyl type creatures there. I just picture them all like there's bigger insects and smaller insects. Mm. And then they have, yes, the insects, the drog beetles. And the whole deal here is. um, Yawn. No, I was going to say the beetles are just pretty much like a a decent size, but they're like a lot of them. They they really produce really fast like insects, so. Yeah, which becomes a big thing here because they're the main title of the book here, The Fucking Swarm. And there's a huge fucking swarm in this book, cause it's a very. <laughs> I mean, more so than the other books. This one has some very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, very memorable descriptions of people fucking dying, because when this swarm gets unbalanced, because their natural predators have been uh, whittled down, they fucking grow to like monstrous levels and eat people from the fucking inside out. It's pretty gruesome. Yeah. We're talking, like, millions. Like, uh, it's described in this that the swarms get so big they blot out the sun. So, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a lot of flying beetles. Yep. And supposedly, they're supposed to have someone here, the caretaker, 
to make sure everything is running fine, but the caretaker is the reason this shit is even going down, because of Rune, good old Rune, is a crazy cult fucker who worships the Beatles like his ancestors. Yeah, because the, the worship was outlawed because of um, some reason they described in the book. Pretty much, like, um, you have, like, the predator and prey balance. So, like, if you have, like, the predators feasting the prey, it's fine to keep the numbers down. But, like, you take the equation out, like, then the population just exploded. And pretty much, like... He they they what was the whole premise? He thought the Beatles were their ancestors, so mm-hmm. he didn't want them to be eaten on that shit. Like some some real like real crackpot shit. But it's kind of ironic though. Someone described this in this book that he actually ended up getting killed by the Beatles. He actually he, he was eaten alive because they found his corpse and they're like eating it and stuff. It's kind of fucked up. They just find like the shell of his exoskeleton. Yeah, they're still, when they busted in there, they were still feast on his ass. Well, I guess if you're that stupid, then, you know, they would get what you deserve. Shit. I thought the, uh, what were they called? The, the, the Skur people were actually pretty interesting from a culture thing here. Because they have the whole thing of balance and, like, warrior poets. Wing song, too. Yes, yeah, so I was, I was going to mention that, too. The wing song they have, they use to form their poetry. It's pretty neat. Yeah, they, they communicate via like wing vibrations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, um, Thrawn was there because of um, he, he was to investigate a planet for like their art. And yeah, you know, Thrawn does his thing, and he, he's at the garden just for that. And then one of his lieutenants, because this is not this isn't Grand Admiral Thrawn. This is just Captain. No, this Thrawn. is this is Captain Thrawn. Yeah, this is before he he became a big dick imperial so like he um he brings down his away team which is just like i think a couple lieutenants and one of his lieutenants um ends up dying mm-hmm. they found his corpse and there's like holes right but there's like beetles crawling out of it so yeah they he wanted to quite the detail on this book so like thrawn does his investigation like he does and he what was the guy's name that was with him because there's another insect guy that's with the crew yeah shishak thrown throughout this the warrior poet right shishak was at fault because tash and um zach saw him practicing his vibro you know thing but it turns out all along it was the caretaker because i remember they were doing like a little mock trial and yeah they had a whole like little not, not even a murder mystery, but like a short, like uh, like you said, mock trial to figure this shit out. Yeah. It was kind of funny that Thrawn was like, you know, we're going to do this by the books. I ain't going to, I could execute you, but we're just going to do it this way. I was like, you know what? That's refreshing, at least. Yes. If this is Imperial so, like, asshole number like 500, he'd be like, kill them all. Yeah. Thrawn actually let him have a chance to defend himself, and he was going through a lot of this shit logically like he does. But they eventually get to the spot where Zach and Tash saw him practice, and they weren't, you know, they're just going over the evidence again. And Thrawn was still not convinced that it wasn't this guy. But he sends his, his lieutenant to go to uh, the caretaker, and the lieutenant comes out, like, screaming and clutching his throat and shit. And Beetles got in his ass and killed him. Yeah, they, like, spewed out of his mouth. It was fucked up. Yeah, and eventually, like, whole, like, like the swarm. I think it appears after that. And then they have to run the front ship and the whole transforms into the, um, 
Well, yeah, yeah the Shreve. He transformed into the Shreve to help yeah. kind of... Because they know the Shreves are their natural enemies, these drog beetles. So when he transformed into it, he was trying to, like, scare them off to buy them time, which was a really good fucking idea. Very brave of Hool. Because a huge swarm like that could probably eat a fucking Shreve to pieces. Yeah, and they were running towards... Um... Front ship. I don't know if this is before or after, but they found out that like the ter- that caretaker was killing all the shreves because they actually found like a big like pit. He had like hundreds of them dead, little it. fucker. Yeah, and so basically, you know, all that all that shit's undone. They basically go to like uh, Thrawn's ship. I think it's the Lambda class or some other class of show. It has to be. Basically, they got in that way into the ship. But they're getting in through, like, the air vents, and, like, they're trying to, like, rip up the cushions and plug up the air vents so that these beetles... And the beetles are slamming the ship. We're not... Mm-hmm. We're probably millions of them just, like, trying to... You can, they Some can hear biblical shit. The ship. Yeah. And so, um... Shit, how'd they get out of that sticky situation? Well, they, they try to make a run for it, um, since the beetles were too focused on getting the shuttle to go to the, um... The caretaker's, like, little workshop he had. So basically, um, they run over there, and that's when they find the, care, the caretaker guy. He's already, you know, ain't alive. Because before, they found him in there covered in beetles before, but he was trying to communicate the, to them via wing song. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they got more aggressive the more the bigger the horde, and that's how he got devoured up, which kind of serves him right for, you know, doing what he did. Yeah, so. I also want to mention that the, the arc that Zach has in this one uh, is actually pretty nice in terms of, like, a lesson for kids, you know, to tell the fucking truth when some shit goes down and you're at fault. Because the whole time, Zach is thinking that all this shit is happening because of him. He imbalanced everything when really it was this fucker who did it. Because Zach has, like, yeah. an incident where he kills one of the Shreves when he gets spooked by one of them, which is what leads to his thinking of that way. Yeah, he tries to kill thirty beetles or some shit. But, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, basically, um, the way they get out of it is um, they all go to that workshop. The beetles are trying to crush them, and then like Thrawn was like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna go to my ship." But obviously, you can't follow Thrawn here because he's an Imperial and. If you want to buy, you know, Darth Vader and the Empire, you know, you don't want to go to this border because they'll never leave. Like Honestly, I'm surprised they're not fucking recognized sooner by the Imperials if Darth fucking Vader is looking for them. He might be looking for them on the down low. Plus, it's a big fucking galaxy. I'm pretty sure they're not, like, on the top wanted, you know. I mean, they probably are. I'm pretty sure Thrawn did do, like, figure out who they really were, right? Then mm. they would definitely appear on like some sort of list, but I don't think they're like the highest, more recognizable ones. I guess he has like, to search know, for that Luke Skywalker leaders. guy, whoever he is. Yeah, that or Leia or you know the main cast of the movies, or like I said, like Ma Mothma probably is up Ma there. Mothma. And some other like yeah, Ma, Ma Mothma. <laughs> but I think, I, they're probably like low. I mean, Vader probably would like to have them, but they're probably not high tier. Mm, I'll get them but next still. week. Yeah, I mean, next week we have Jarek. Right, so that should be interesting to see what his crazy ass will do. <laughs> yeah, because because I want to see that because like Tash wants to do Jedi, and I don't know. I think yeah, and Jarek used to be a Jedi himself, but turned into an Inquisitor. So this should be interesting to see how that works in this. Yeah, fucking, that's one of the random cameos you wouldn't expect in Galaxy of Fear, Jarek. 
Yeah, because Derek only appears in like that video game, Dark Empire, because of um. You mean he wants uh, to find the Jedi Valley Knight? Jedi. Yeah, Jedi Knight. He wants to find the, the Valley of the Jedi, so he can like. I think that he did, and you have to fight him as Kyle Katarn and you know fight his ass and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he's not really mentioned too much in too too many too many media except for like this and like I said the games and some comics or some shit. He's gonna get his time to shine. But it's pretty cool how that's gonna should be interesting. See how that dynamic works because Disney does have Inquisitors, right? The Disney, you know, side of things. But like the EU Inquisitors were kind of um, they were a different beast. I don't think there was like you know they didn't really have like uniforms or any actually they're just like the typical like we're the cloaks dark side people that uh, helped hunt down other Jedi and um. You know, we're a little, bit, a little bit more hush hush than you know, the Inquisitorium that we were uh, people are used to, and like you know, rebels or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. These were like different different people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you. Do you where do you rank this book in terms of all the Galaxy of Fears that we've read so far? I I rank it high. I've read it. I started reading it yesterday, and I like it. Only took me like. A little bit to read it all. Right, was, it goes like, by quick. Really engrossed in it, it went by like you could tell if a book is really good because it goes by super quick, and it went by very quick for me for this. I was very surprised I got the ending how fast I did. Mm-hmm. So I was enjoying my so this book. I wouldn't mind reading something like this, this a little bit longer. It was uh, it was well worth the read. I, I didn't enjoy myself. Honestly, I wouldn't have minded if John Whitman had some actual full length novels he wrote for Star Wars. Yeah. It, it basically off of the swarm and maybe you know some other ones minus you know the the hologram part because I know we're not fans of that. Like, you know, if you had like a maybe like a, a full fledged novel, I'll definitely that'd be definitely a good read because I kind of like his writing style. It's kind of even though these books are short and they are kind of you know as we discussed you know tedious to get through. There is some gem like this one's a gem to get through. Like, thank God you know we'll continue sticking to this because this book is really good. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of wish it was longer, but, you know. Yeah, because the parts where they're working together and having to run from the, the swarm and figure out solutions, that was the real good shit, seeing the characters play off their yeah. dynamics and work together to fight this and he, unstoppable he force. Didn't, he didn't even hold any, anything back either from the Death Seater. He made sure, like, mm-hmm. these deaths were, like, you know, ugh. Eaten from the fucking inside out, bit by bit. He was, he was shot with a blaster, and that was it. No, he was eating from the inside. His mouth was shooting out, <laughs> you know, shit like that. It wasn't. It, he didn't have. A, there's no hand holding in this. It just goes straight to the detail, mm-hmm. which sometimes you kind of need to, like, you know, to really nail home that this is kind of a worrying situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, millions of flesh eating beetles. So, yeah, but fuck that. it works out at the end because of. Um, flocks of those predators come and eat them mm-hmm. who also has another good moment where they figure out they can use wing song to control the beetles and stall them so he shapeshifts into shishak to help use the wing song yes see this is what i want to see more of with fucking hool's transformation doing some clutch shit at right at the right moment not jobbing in a fucking literally every fight yeah or leaving the kids alone yeah, he didn't do that this time around either, I don't think. At least not an egregious example of just letting them wander off into the danger. 
Yeah, he, he let him wander off, but it wasn't like, you know, this was a garden. So yeah, this, this isn't like goddamn Jabba's underground rape palace. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that was kind of stupid for, like, you know, him to do that. Because look what happened. You know, Tash got her her brain stuck in a... Like, uh, I like how that's never brought up in this book either, too. That Tash got her fucking brain removed yeah, in the last book. Dude, if anybody's brain was put in someone else's body, you know, that had to mess you up. Just, they're probably not mm-hmm. talking about it because, you know, it's probably mentally scarring shit. Shit, if, well, if Zach's ever in an argument with her, he can just call her, you know, someone referring to that fucking brain surgery he had, call her a fucking lobotomite. Yeah. <laughs> call, her, call her a retard for <laughs> trying to, you know, you know, call her a stupid ass for, you know, trying to kick him uh, kick him away because she met some guy she seems to be feel important. I know, some fucking random ass pedo monk. Yeah, who knows what the monk did to her body when you know, her frame was popped down. Shit, dude. We live in dark times. I don't know. Dark times, yes. I mean, shit, I mean, dude, her, her body, right? The criminal had the brain in her body. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Who's to say what happened? Who knows? And I don't want to imagine. This is, a, you know, a teenage girl. I don't want to... Shit. Yeah, he knows the Star Wars could be space loop. I don't know. But got still. a Dan Schneider who fucking warped his brain into her in her body. That's what went oh down. <laughs> he just continued just looking at the feet. That's it. <laughs> Tash, why are you suddenly going barefoot all of a sudden? Oh my god. <laughs> Dan Schneider already looks like he's hiding from like the CIA, but this Taliban get up. So shit, knows. fucking Dan Schneider is on the run from the Empire. <laughs> He's gonna run into Tash and keep her hostage. Shit. Now we know why. Uh, foot fan Dan. Foot fan Dan. Weird ass, weird ass man. Mm-hmm. Um I think I pretty much said everything I want to say about this book. This one was really fucking good. It stands yeah. out among the last ones. I think this is uh well worth reading. I'm kinda of looking forward to see how Jarek fits in this picture, but we'll find out. Yep. So, coming up, we have book nine, The Swarm. We only have four more books of Galaxy of Fear left. Yep, then we're going to get back to reading some longer novels. Yep, so, The Swarm. Or, I mean, The Spore is up next. Yep, it'll be quite interesting. All right, this closes out this podcast. Bye-bye. All right, later. Thank you.